You see uh, Mike Tyson responded to <clears throat> Jake Paul today? No. Uh, he, he posted, uh, he posted who, who do I fight next, huh? And then Tyson's like, how about me? <laughs> no, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Uh. Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's Unsportsmanlike Convo. Right, right. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is April 20th, <laughs> 2021. We are in lockdown or curfew is in full effect given the province that you live in. I'm mm. in Ontario. P-Dog is across the bridge over in Quebec. How you doing, mm. P-Dog? I'm good, man. Hey, can somebody text Mike Ferreira to give him his reminder? Chris, <laughs> so, if you just, could just shoot him a quick... Uh... Give him a, a little wake-up call. Yeah, I told him I would, and I forgot. So... All right. Well, welcome any new listeners to the show. Uh, obviously, we're on Facebook Live on the uh, Unsportsmanlike Convo group. Also, more importantly, we are on Cap City Beat, which is uh, capcitybeats.ca for the website. There's also an, a free app, which is phenomenal. Download it. You can listen to it. Uh, listen to us straight audio or video through the app. And obviously, if you miss anything with the show, go and tune to our uh, podcast. Well, you'll find these episodes posted uh, a day or two later. All right, let's get right into yeah. it, man. What do we got? We got... Yeah, listen, uh, before we uh, start talking sports and topics, I want to give a shout-out to George's Cupboard. Young lady uh, based out of Nepean runs a... Uh, she makes masks. She's been doing it right okay. since the pandemic started. And uh, so last April, May... I think it might have been May, actually. I ordered this really cool Star Trek one that uh, that she made. Again, she has some really cool Oxymoron. custom... Uh, okay, correct. Custom class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it's really, you know what? It's affordable. I think it was only ten bucks, and if you want, she can ship it to you for another two fifty, um, or you can meet her in person and forget the shipping fees. So I just, it was, it's just really cool stuff. It's it's local too. She has an Etsy store, so it's called George's Cupboard. George is in the front, the proper name and the cupboard, and uh, she's on Etsy as well. So anyway, I wanted to give her a shout out because uh, we may, I may, I may have made a boo boo in ordering one, and I got sent the the wrong cloth, but it might have been my fault. So she's sending me another one for free so shout out to her and uh, that little business so i want to get that out of the way first well hey shout out that's yeah. it's great i like uh, supporting local businesses all that kind of stuff yeah. a little heads up would have been cool and we could have had the, her little uh, logo and stuff on the ground on the, the bottom or at least anything. this the the address the spelling of it even anything you yeah. know a heads up would have been cool but anyway <laughs> i'll have to take a look and uh, and find out because uh cool masks are always fun to have and, and switch things up not i'm well, not getting you, sorry, a star trek one but sorry she has a she has a uh, facebook page so if you go on if you uh, keyword search George's Cupboard. You'll find her Facebook page, and I believe the Etsy store is called George's Cupboard. So you could find her there if you need the address or uh, want to email her or whatever. So. You should find out how to do the Etsy store because we need to do that for our gear. We got to get that yeah. in place and get going. And when you Hi, say Mike. George's Cupboard, Georgie's Cupboard, I I was George expecting baking goods of some sort. <laughs> it's not Georgie's Cupcakes. It's George's Cupboard. <laughs> oh, hey, you keep all the baking supplies in the cupboard. That's right. Mix it up. Give it to us. Cool. All right. Uh, we also have a special birthday. We're not going to say it yet because we actually have him on the show today. So we'll wish yeah. him a happy birthday when he comes on uh, as an old man, shrinking day by day and whatever. Anyway, he's going to come on after the sponsor. Okay. We got stuff we want to talk about yeah. right away. Shoot. Let's, let's, I want to, I didn't see the fight. I just saw the one minute clip on TikTok. 
You stayed up and watched the fight, and uh, you were clearly disappointed by your post. Quick take on Logan Paul or whatever, Jake Paul, whoever it was. Jake, right? It was Jake Paul. So he's the younger, more annoying brother of the two Pauls, which are uh, internet Mm. or social media, whatever. Multi-millionaires, influencers, yada, yada. They fight. Yeah, I stayed up for it. Um, not the fight itself was felt very scripted. Didn't last very long. Um, Askren, Askrew, Askren, however you say his last name, the UFC fighter who's not, he gets in the ring and they talk about all his accolades and they're all wrestling based. Like he doesn't throw hands whatsoever. So he's in a Mm -hmm. boxing match right away. You're like, what's going on? And then they show him and this guy did not take training seriously. He did not care. He was getting a payday regardless. He got a million dollars, which was probably more than he ever got with this UFC fighting. But, you know, I'm in this, uh, you know, meal plan workout stuff with uh, Pat Woodcock and his elite performance. And I got to do these like body composition pictures every week. And Askren's back looked like mine. Like, it's, it's just, it was just like, what are you doing? Like, you're mm-hmm. in public, supposed to be fighting somebody, and you're this chunky little Oreo-eating kid <laughs> that's just like, you're just there for a payday. So this was, yeah. the fight didn't even start till about 12, 30, quarter to one. Um, I was extremely angry by that time, so I really wanted to see somebody take it, and this kid took it one punch, and he was down and out, and then sort of, it looked like he kind of faked a bit of a wobble to make sure that it didn't go on. Um, absolute garbage. The production was garbage. Um, you know, listening to guys like Snoop and uh, Mario Lopez um, talk about it and the fights was mediocre, like, was it's garbage. It's an insult to the whole industry. It's, it's, it's really bad. It's an insult to not only the boxing industry, but the commentary industry, the uh, production industry. Guys who, uh, you know, like, we, if you think back to, like, even Monday Night Football guys like Dick Enberg and Dan Deardorff, Al Michaels, guys who take their craft seriously. Television used to be like you needed a certification, you needed experience, you needed a professional, a certain amount of professionalism to be able to perform on, on TV. Now, like Mario Lopez doing boxing? I mean, no, I love Snoop, but what does Snoop know about anything when it comes to sports? Snoop really? put $2 million on Jake Paul. That was his big thing. He had a bet with um, Dana White for a couple million dollars or something like that which was probably the most exciting part when you're like, oh, somebody put $2 million, that's a guaranteed. Mm. The fact that Dana White put $2 million on the other guy or or whatever the bet was is, I thought he was smarter than that. He knew, he knew this guy wasn't going to do very well. And I saw George St. Pierre even comment on it with Joe Rogan. And he was kind of like, look, this isn't, this isn't this guy's forte whatsoever. And he's like, I just hope he doesn't get embarrassed and doesn't embarrass us. Like as a UFC fighting fraternity, don't embarrass us. Mm-hmm. At the same time, Joe Rogan's like, like this, he's getting a monster payday. And and St. Pierre was like, well, good for him. Like ultimately you got to take care of your family. You got to think that kind of stuff. So he got a payday out of it. It was a, a circus at best. And you know, all it does is I'm that, fan who i'm not a fan of jake paul but i want to watch just like i was with uh mayweather i wanted i want to see somebody knock him out so bad Mm -hmm. that i'm going to watch and i didn't pay for it i streamed it so you're not getting my pay-per-view money that's for damn sure but otherwise i will watch hopefully somebody who has some boxing experience when this guy finally gets cocky enough to get into a ring and if it's mike tyson calling him out saying i'll be your next fight even though mike tyson is old I would love to see that. And I just yeah. don't think Mike Tyson's going in to take a dive against this kid. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm just hoping somebody goes in there and actually gets hands on this guy. It's going to be hard to find someone like that unless 
this Paul kid actually wants to like fight for the uh, title, like a WBC title or, or something that means has any relevance. Otherwise he's going to go into these exhibitions and guys aren't going to really train for it. And it's going to be like, it's just, it's all it's going to be. So unless, it, unless there's meaning to it, these exhibitions are just going to continue to be what they are. They're going to be a joke. It's going to be a war word, some stupid uh, pre and post stuff, and that'll be it. So I think that, and yeah, uh, you're true. You're right. I think it's Ken Gale that wrote this. So what does AC Slater know about boxing? Which is true. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a joke. Point, and honestly, I think the boxing world is kind of struggling for something. Now, I'm not saying these are sanctioned events, but like Oscar De La Hoya has, was talking the whole night about him coming back and fighting people and whatever. And it's just... It's it's turned into a sideshow, and I think they're just grasping on to anything to keep the sport going. Almost. Well, Evander Holyfield scheduled a fight in June. Right. So, these are you know, all like, these guys are coming back because that's when boxing was good. Yes. I mean, um, uh, what's the guy Canadian went to Lennox Lewis? Ruddick, He's Lennox, Lennox Lewis, Lewis yeah. is supposed to be fighting somebody as well. Like, there's that talk. He was called up by somebody, and he's gonna, you know, he's open to it. Like. It's really boxing is clinging on to um, the heyday and trying to. These are the guys that we grew up watching, and when boxing was yeah. fun to watch, that's what we watched. I wouldn't now, even it's say gone. clinging on, actually, Brock. I would say they're they're trying to relive or recapture. I think it's been dead for a long time. The Klitschko's uh, era was boring. I do like Tyson Fury. I will say that I like I like that guy. I wish there were more guys like him, but I think that I think it died for like a decade. And now they're trying to recapture by bringing these guys back. And, and kudos to Tyson for, for, you know, I would say he started all this with the, with the exhibition with, uh, with, uh, was it Jones Jr.? That one that we want? Yeah, but they were, I think they were doing some of these sideshow things before, like the Logan Paul, the older brother, had done a oh, couple God. fights. Sig, yeah, brought, yeah. Uh, our mystery guest in the back, not a mystery, but um, <laughs> he was saying that he watched it and like there's, you know, drugs and alcohol in plain view. Like they're talking about having shots and smoking up, all that kind of stuff. Like it's a party more and a sideshow more so than a boxing event. I mean, Justin yeah. Bieber's performing and they, it's, it's, it's a concert at the same time. Ice, Ice Cube was on, which was probably the best part. He had a pretty decent little set, but yeah. again, not worth it whatsoever. No. Don't support these events. This is not sport. This is this is on the level of wrestling, um, but you know for the entertainment value. But you're, you're trying to sell it as an actual sporting event, which it's not. Good comparison. Speaking of wrestling, very good comparison actually. Speaking of wrestling, WWE Stone Cold uh, Steve Austin biography was on A and E on the weekend, and uh, you know I know re we all know wrestling is 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 uh, is scripted for them. It was well, scripted, um, but you know there's the the politics behind it, all the stuff that goes behind the scenes. I mean, there's real beef. There's real heat in the back. Um, you know, back in the day in wrestling, you didn't break out a character in public. You know, it was a big no-no. There, there was a lot of rules. These uh, uh, A&E biographies started this week. They're doing a special on WWF, WWE um, Legends. And they started off with Stone Cold. And these stories are great, man. These guys, Stone Cold started off with nothing. Traveling city to city, four or 500-mile drives to make 10 bucks sleeping in his car. So it was a really good, I thought the Stone Cold, if that's if it's a sign of what's to come, uh, this was a really good one. So I think this week is Rowdy Rowdy Piper. I'm I'm not sure if you're going to watch anything, Brock, but if you do like the biography types of these. Of, I know, do. Uh, I think you'll really, really enjoy some of this stuff. It was pretty cool. Yeah, and, and that's exactly, like this would be the best part for me from a wrestling thing is, you know, you understand who these guys are a little bit and whatever, but mm -hmm. really when you get to see, 
behind the scenes, their lives, all that kind of stuff. And I don't know if you watch it. My kids love it. The, uh, the young rock. So that uh, yeah. the show and, and yeah. awesome. uh, again, the rock himself is in it for 30 seconds of show. I think tops, but the sort of background stuff. And, and it did bring some enjoyment where you're like, I'm like, Oh, Andre, the giant, you're, you're trying to show the kids who that guy is in terms yeah. of, you know, actors and stuff like that and, and movies he was in that they might know. And, and you see like what life was like from that standpoint, from a, a, a wrestling family trying to uh, go through it. And so I can imagine that a real um, depiction of that in the, the A&E biographies would be a lot of fun to watch. For sure. And, <laughs> even like little things like how these guys get their name right and how they they got to be sold like so when stone cold came from wcw he was he was named the task uh no sorry he was the ringmaster so he fought for like six months under that moniker and, he, and he's like i can't sell this i'm not the ringmaster what, what the hell what the hell is that so Vince mcmahon told him look you, here's a list of names that we, you can choose we got to rebrand you because this isn't working and on the list was like freezy mccool and the Iceman. there was a bunch of like ridiculous names and he's like nah I'm going to go, I got this thing. I just watched a, a program on a serial killer and they, they called him stone cold and I want to be that. And that's how it started. So I, I think those kind of stories are kind of cool. It's like hearing uh, football stories or hockey stories, you know, like it's kind of neat stuff that you'd never hear back. So anyway, we were going to talk about some of the soccer stuff, but we'll, we'll come back to that in another show with Marco who's on the soccer snobs. Um, he's also on cap city beats. We'll come back and talk about what's going on with champions league and, all these rich teams wanting to bail and create their super league. And so soccer is no more as a sport. It is no more breaking it <laughs> right now. It's no, 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 that's okay. not the case. No, no, no. They're still a sport. Okay. Uh, okay. They pulled the plug on the, on the super league. That's all I know. And we'll get updates from Marco right, maybe next good. week or the week after. Um, before I, before I want to mention the, our golf experience, I know we're taking a little bit longer on the, the, this intro here, but Mike Tomlin's resigned for three more years. Um, he gets a lot of criticism. He's never had a season worse than eight and eight in in the, since two thousand. Well, since his first year in two thousand seven, the Steelers organization has only had three coaches since nineteen sixty nine. I don't think there's an organization, college, pros, whatever, any sport, that can say that they've only had three coaches in like fifty years. Can you think of anybody on the off the top of your head? Call even call. Are, there, there's got to be a college football program that's only had a couple of coaches. The Ottawa sixty sevens. I don't know if really? that's true, and I don't know if that's true, and I'm just thinking Gilray? of guys who were very old when they stopped coaching and had been with the team for a long time. So killer? I was thinking okay, maybe yeah. Killer would be there, okay. um, but huh. didn't think of that. So that's a pretty, <clears throat> pretty impressive, and it speaks to their all the success they've had and the consistency, and you know what to expect. And the Steeler way, it, it, it's it's a legitimate thing. It's a Steeler way. We've only had three coaches. That's how we do it. So anyway, shout out to Mike Tomlin. Congratulations, and. Um, there was one. Did you want to? Where's your your prom picture? Oh yeah. So okay. <laughs> Sorry, I, this is on our show page, folks, and I I just noticed it this afternoon, and it said Brock's prom picture. I have no idea what relevance this is, so I'm going to hand it over. to So you. Ange <laughs> got a forward from her one of her brothers, not Mike uh, Tony, who had forwarded this. Said I found Brock's prom picture, Ooh. and of course I get it. I look at it. I'm like, that's awkward. I show Curtis, he dies, and I'm like, I'll show Pep, but I'm going to show him just on the show. Okay. Uh, so this is the. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, this is a post from Jim Gaff. 
from Jim Gaffigan, who in the comments says, like, that's not him either, but this guy sure likes to party. <laughs> and so Anne's got this picture sent to her. said, I think I found Brock's prom picture. <clears throat> oh, my so, God, B. It's uh, it's oh. it's almost like a poodle haircut, and uh, not he's, almost. <laughs> he's very angry. Looks like dog ears. Uh, anyway, oh my that's, god, that's uh, that's the prom picture I was talking about. Fantastic, that is unbelievable. That'll probably um, be the uh, the album cover for this week's episode on the podcast too. By the way, we're we're a little bit over for for our intro, but you know what? There are, we have really two major topics to talk about today, so we should be okay. I did want to mention I played. I had the privilege. I didn't play. I had the privilege of watching uh, the Flemings go at it one on one. Well, it was actually two on two. There were two other uh, other teammates uh, in golf this weekend at the Cartier. Sorry, the yeah, the Shadow Center. Cartier Golf yeah. Resort. I think is what it's called. So it was the first annual uh, family affair where you, well, actually you, you guys have probably played against each other many times, but I'm going to call it the first annual because I was there. Right. And it was Brock Fleming and uh, our buddy, Scott Endicott, Brock's uh, uh, partner when it comes to CFI, I believe, right? CFI and football CFI forward. And great football guy. Forward and, yeah, yeah. Versus, uh, versus Curtis Fleming, uh, one of our executive producers and, um, and uh, Rebecca Langille, who's a close friend of ours. Who kind of underplayed her game? She was, uh, you know, the, from the the week leading up to it, she's like, "Guys, I'm not very good. Are you sure? I'm not really good. I'm this and that and the other." And she, she was, was automatic. Really good. Yeah, she she was. Her shots were so consistent. It was Accurate. you could tell she's played a ton. Yeah, mm-hmm. they didn't go as far sometimes, but it was just consistent. Boom, boom, boom. Always great shots. Yeah, I was pretty impressed, and uh, I was actually impressed with I was impressed with Alia, and uh, you know, if, like. Kurt's drives is uh, his short game. Uh, you, you're, you're Brock. You're a very good athlete. I don't think there's a whole lot you don't do well. It's kind of impressive, you know, for uh-huh. for Thank a big you. guy. For a big guy, you know, uh, generally speaking, taller people uh, are quote unquote supposed to be clumsier, or you know, like uh, mm-hmm. coordination is generally an issue when you're the taller you are. You're a good athlete, man. You do pretty much everything really well. Oh, I appreciate that. It's yeah, fun. No it's problem, a, I mean, yeah, Charles Barkley gives us a bad name when it comes to golf, but uh, <laughs> Curtis is, yeah, his drives are, Curtis gets up there and he's got a lot of built up rage and he just kind of channels it <laughs> properly and uh, crushes the ball. But wow. uh, his biceps, he comes out, Kurt, first of all, he looks the part when he comes out, right? He's got the, pan, the golf pants, he's got a nice golf shirt and he's got those raging biceps that are just pumped, like they're <laughs> pulsating out of the shirt. And, uh, but he's, he's smiling, so you don't know if he's you don't really know what he if he's mad or happy because he's smiling all the time. So he comes out, he just hammers the ball. It's incredible. And uh, and then Scott, Scott's game, Scott basically didn't have a putter. So when every time he got on the green, he was uh, using uh, a pitching look like a pitching wedge. Or it was, it, it was wedge. called so this guy he gets a new set of golf clubs <laughs> and sells his old one, but sells the putter by accident. And he's like, Oh, I got two putters. So he can, he's like, he was so happy. Mm. He convinced the, the guy who bought them to let him keep one of the putters. And he shows up the putt and it's, it's essentially, it's a chipper is what it is. So if anybody's yeah. golfed and sees these little cheater clubs, it's like, it almost looks like a putter, but it's actually, the face is a bit more like an iron. So if you kind of putt from the rough, it kind of pops the ball up and gets you over. But instead of taking like a divot or anything like that, which is, you know, uh, more apt to, to go wide, you get this little chipper. So he's got this two-sided chipper that's like a triangle. <laughs> and when he goes to putt, he's got to bend himself down so much and almost like a hockey stick, drag it so that the face would be flat. 
Anyway, he ended up putting extremely well. From oh a distance, God. if you're watching it, you thought this guy had like stomach cramps every time he was putting. <laughs> but he, he putted very well. And yeah. with uh, with that help, we were able to uh, become victorious in the first ever um, PEP-sanctioned two-on-two <laughs> golf event. Yeah, it was awesome. He looked like he actually looked like he was putting like Happy Gilmore, kind of his white hundred percent. Yeah, it was awesome. So, uh, thank you guys for letting me come out and drive the car. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I don't think Kurt and Rebecca want to thank me for driving the car because I almost killed them a couple times. But <laughs> hey, it was fun, and I look forward to actually maybe going out and taking a couple swings uh, later in the summer. So, um, okay, Yay. that's twenty minute intro. What are you gonna do, right? We let's pay a quick bill before we bring on uh, our special guest. Do it up. You got it. Okay. Oh, that music is so pleasant. Are you selling or buying? Call Tracy Iskander with Royal LaPage at Group Philippe LeMay. They have the buyers and the right game plan to find you a new home. You'll get personalized service in all sectors of the Udoway region. Tracy is fluently bilingual, and with a combined 40 years of real estate experience at Group Philippe LeMay, you can rest assured your home buying journey will be handled with first-class care and the best prices on the market. Call Tracy today at 613-324-3781 or email her at tracy at tracyiskander.com. Beautiful. Love that music. Yeah, it's, it's very soothing. Yeah, I don't know. Wherever you found it, that's a good call. That's and a, uh, if anybody is nice. looking for a realtor and therefore looking for a house and is quality yeah. and somebody I know, my next door neighbor, literally next door, is selling their place. Very well kept. Very nice little place, uh, three bedrooms, two and a half bathroom, sick neighbors, you know? Anyway. <laughs> awesome. All right. Let's uh, let's bring on our quote-unquote mystery guest whose birthday was... Hello? I wish I was a little... Sig Charles joined us. Oh. <laughs> what up, Siggy? Happy birthday, brother. There's the man. How's it going, guys? The man, the myth, the legend. Well. Good, good, good. Thank you for that. Listen, our intro took a little bit longer than anticipated, which is just that's just how just <laughs> par for the course. Oh, that's just how good. we roll. So, no problem. Thanks for sticking around in of the green course. room. Happy of birthday, course. buddy! Thank Very you. Belated. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. One of the nice, true nice guys, eh, Brock? Hundred <sighs> percent. Guy's got nothing but nice things to say. He's even he's pumping my tires in the private chat while we're it's while true. you're talking I've about never, me playing golf, all that kind of stuff. And he's like, I've never seen Brock drop a pass. And all this anyway, it's, it's yes, true. he's if a, I wasn't getting the ball, you're gonna get it. So you better catch it. You know what? <laughs> Brock I'll tell you what, Brock, uh, Brock and I did some did some uh, receiver drills years ago. And uh, you know, I was running I was running twenty five yard outs. And he was throwing throwing them to me like dead in my hands, perfect on the sidelines, like perfect perfect spiral accuracy, hard. And I'm like, this guy's got an arm too. What can't he do? Brock, I don't know if you remember you uh, you caught a pass in practice uh, with the GGs one time, and and you just took off, and everyone was surprised, and I was like. I'm like, why don't we just use this guy as tight end? What are we doing? What are we doing over here? That's right. What are we doing? Any excuse for me to try and get the ball, I would do that. I tried it for quarterback at Philemon too, and the the coach was like, "Well, who's going to block for you? Like, you're (laughs) if you're up there, anyway." I always think that I'm a skilled person in a big man's body, so I would try all these different things and whatever. Well, you're extremely skilled, I'll tell you that. 
I was going to start this segment when we're talking NBA, we're talking Raptors, but I was going to start this segment because I wasn't sure if the Derek Chauvin um, verdict would be in yet. Mm-hmm. And, and it came in and he's okay. guilty as charged. And I, I'm, I'm happy for that verdict. I think most people are all three counts. Um, all three count. Good. Um, so, but what initially, uh, you know, cause the NBA had gone out and said, listen, if, if this turns uh, to this, this thing goes sideways, we're going to have to cancel games. And, you know, that would have probably led to a trickle down with the NHL and MLB and they would probably would have done something too. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. happy about that. I'm happy. I'm actually happy. We don't have to discuss it. Um, but I do want to mention one one experience I had today, just to give you an, an example of some of the stuff that you know people perceive from the police. On my way into Ontario to work with a client, and uh, I get to the the they have the border patrols right. I get to the Ontario side, so they're OPP, lovely, super nice. Hey, where are you going here? Here's where I'm going. Oh, you know, and so I said to I said to the per, the cop, I said, uh, you know what, I'm going to be back this way probably like in two hours or so, give or take. Um, you guys want coffee? <clears throat> and uh, so he said, yeah, that'd be awesome. It's super nice. And then there was like five cops. They all waved, waved me by. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to bring these guys coffee. Boom. Do my thing. Stop at a Timmy's. Get one of those little kegs, which serves about 12 coffees. And um, I come back and it's a different crew. It's not the same five. I thought they were going to be the same five. No big deal. Um, so I'm looping around the Portage Bridge. I had to do a U-turn uh, to get back to their their uh, where they were patrolling. So I get to the first guy, and I'm, I roll down the window. I'm like, hey, this is kind of awkward, but uh, I have coffees for you guys um, because I told the, the crew previous that uh, I'd get them coffees. And the guy just stared at me. He's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Do you want me to park and sit and bring you the coffee? Or? He's like, yeah, it's okay, over there. Like, no, thank you, no, nothing, right? And I'm like, I, I don't do that stuff to get to – get notoriety or whatever, but I'm like, hmm, okay. Had I have known it was this dude, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have spent my 15 bucks or whatever I spent. Right. Like I just, 100%. so, you know, you just, it's a kind of a, it's kind of a bit of a roll of the dice sometimes. And in policing, I just find that you can't, they can't afford to have bad apples or jerks. It's if the one industry mm-hmm. where you cannot afford to have a jerk, a single jerk working, I know it's, it's not reasonable or rational to think that way, but that was just my experience today. And that was like one one millionth of what some other people deal with. So it was okay. There was the other cops when I pulled over. The other cops were kind of the, thankful. Like, oh, cool, man, coffee. Yeah, I, I could use one. I'm about to fall asleep here. Uh, they don't want to be doing this right now, by the way. But just the whole, it kind of soured me a little bit. And I, you know, I was like, oh, okay. No, thank you for this, that jerk. And he's a fr- he was the first one to get a coffee. He's the first one in line to pour. So, of course. Anyway, I thought I would share that. I don't really know what context I'm putting it in. But just to give people an idea of my experience today. I don't know if you guys have ever had anything like that happen to you. I mean, you're right. Like it's a, it's a profession that doesn't really allow bad days and everybody has bad days. There's different things going through their, uh, their heads, their stresses, all that kind of stuff. You know, who knows what's going through that guy's mind, but they have to be able to uh, work past it and kind of look. Sure. And again, the, the fact that the guy wasn't super appreciative or whatever of the coffee, you know, is a, is a minor thing. He didn't like smack the coffee out of your hand and, you no. know, like get mad. And actually your story would have been even funnier if the box of coffee was like over your shoulder in the back and you were like, the hell with this. I just took the coffee home Take and I started off. drinking it all. <laughs> um, but, you know, so I think it's, it's a, it's a minor thing that, yeah, well, you're going through, but it does 
make you think, say, well, you know, obviously there's bigger situations and these people are going through, um, you know, their own turmoils and then they have to put the badge on and protect and try and, you know, be a certain way every time they're out there. That's, that's, that's hard. Like I couldn't even imagine being that, you know, like, you know, Scott and everybody knows me knows I don't hide my emotions very well either. If I don't like you or if you're bothering me or whatever, you can, it's all over my face. I don't, I'm not, you know, able to sugarcoat it very well. Um, fortunately, there's not a lot of people that get me that way, but you know, like everybody's got their own things and it just happens to be in that profession. So it's, it's a very touchy thing and it's gotta be difficult mm-hmm. for them from a mental standpoint to, um, you know, differentiate and, and separate a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I won't, I won't get too, uh, too far into it. I've had, I've had a few uh, experiences myself. Um, you know, one where I was, uh, I was given a ticket that I really should, didn't deserve. Um, you guys talked about, you know, how you say, like, you know, Sig's a nice guy and whatnot. I was in a work truck. I got a ticket that I, I really I, I didn't violate any laws. Um, and then the Crown called me um, uh, like a week or two later, basically to tell me, you know, when to, when to show up and what the fine was going to be. And she told me that you don't sound like the person on this ticket. I'm like, absolutely not. I'm like, I don't believe I deserve this ticket. So she ended up taking off like $300 off the ticket. Um, and uh, yeah, and I guess I just caught this guy on a bad day or I was the wrong person he wanted to see. Who knows? You know, I, I don't know For exactly sure. what the situation was. But the crowd did realize that, you know, hey, you know, maybe this was one of the one of the bad apples that was kind of acting out of uh, – you know, using his authority, you know, in the wrong way kind of thing. And, uh, you know, brought the fine down. So I was lucky in that aspect. But And, and I don't think, uh, you know, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not reasonable to expect perfection. I don't think uh, you can be perfect all the time, 24-7. You just can't at, any, at anything you do. But it is reasonable to ex- expect courtesy. For me personally, if I'm having a bad day I, and someone's nice to me, I'm still going to be nice back. As, mm-hmm. as, as hard as it is, as some of the crap that I've been through over the last five years, I still find a way to, uh, to acknowledge someone's kindness. So, um, I, again, this was like, uh, I'm blowing it out of proportion. Yeah, yeah, it was no, just no. kind of a funny story, <laughs> you know, and this guy was not like, he was chill. He had sunglasses on. He seemed like he was just like, he seemed high actually, <laughs> but, thought, but it was my first instinct. But anyway, interesting. I'm glad it turned out the way he did today. I'm glad we're not having to have this conversation about, you know, what could possibly happen in Minnesota tonight. But uh, let's talk a little Raptors. Um, Raptors keep winning. Despite the fact that they've sat OG, Van Vliet, Pascal, and Lowry the last two games. So, first of all, I don't know why they're sitting all four. They got fined for for that because they were resting two, more than two regulars. Mm-hmm. Um, is that what it is? So that's that's how the fine. Because then the Spurs get fined for that as well. Some sort I, of I, resting players. Yeah, which, you have to give your you have to give your like. Um, it's like almost like is it baseball or football where you have to give your your health report sort of before beforehand. Like football, There's you have a certain probably, amount of time. But... Well, the same thing in NBA, and I guess a lot the the Raptors didn't. They just sat them and uh, didn't even dress. So, you know, like what are they doing? Are, they're in the ten spot. They're in a play in game right now. Are they are they ten, are they trying to lose these games and then winning by accident? Um, they look like they're trying hard. It's not like it's uh, for a lack of effort or anything. What's your take, guys, on on what the Raptors are doing? Like, I don't get it. It's weird. Before Sig gets into di- diagnosing the Raptors and what they're doing, because his opinion is going to be a lot more than mine. But uh, 
from a professional athlete standpoint, you can't, especially if you're resting your starters, you can't then expect the guys that are getting playing time now to play less hard and not go to win. Okay. So from a respect standpoint, a career standpoint, whatever, their body of work is what's going to get them paid. So there is sure. no whatever. So if there is any, you know, thought of like, you know what, it doesn't matter if we win because we're kind of like happy if we don't make the playoffs. So let's rest some of our stars and whatever they're the organization, the coaching staff, and you know, um, that discussion at upper level is being had and they're resting their regulars and stars in order to maybe facilitate that. But, you know, by no means is that a reflection of the effort and talent that the guys that are playing have, and you can't expect them to play any less than possible. This is their opportunity. This is where you have a chance to shine and get paid next season or be attractive for a team that needs somebody like you and to trade for you, whatever. This is your opportunity. So, again, from that standpoint, you talk about, like, oh, they look like they're playing hard. Yeah, I guarantee they're playing as hard as they possibly can because this is their opportunity. That doesn't mean the Raptors aren't, from an organizational standpoint, content to lose. Sig? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not completely impressed with, like, you know, the run right now. Um, the Raptors are a good team. I, I think they have, not that they're a good team. They have a good, I think they have a good chemistry. They have a good system. You know, I, I think the coaching is, is, is decent. Um, and, you know, yeah, they're playing well together right now, depend, like, regardless of who's, who's going in there, you know, at this point. But, um, but yeah, they're professionals at the end of the day. So these guys are going to be playing hard. That you know, they get paid to, to, to play the game regardless of who's in there. Somebody can get hot. You know what I mean? Someone could get hot. They have players that can do that. Um, so I think that's a lot of what we're seeing. But I don't understand, like, the teams that they've played, I'm not really impressed, put it this way. Like, if they're winning games, I'm not really impressed with the teams that, that you know, they're beating right now. Um, I think the East, I think overall in the NBA, there's a lot of guys that are hurt right now. There are a lot of teams that have key players hurt, so they might be squeaking out, you know, a couple of wins, you know, um, you know, on that uh, on that front. But um, and I'm not really impressed. Um, but you know, at the same time, I don't know exactly what their what their plan is going into you know the next season. So it's like, are they completely going to tank and rest their guys, or are they playing, you know, all of their bench to get these guys used to to you know more playing time? And you know, because I mean, if they get into the playoffs, what damage are they going to do? You know, well, that's um, the thing. That's the thing, right? And, you know, depending on who they play, you know, they, like you mentioned the, their recent opponents. I mean, they, they beat mm-hmm. Orla, the uh, um, Oklahoma City Thunder. That was the last game they played. Oklahoma City Thunder had rolled into town losing nine in a row. So, uh, right. you know, it hasn't been top top flight opponents, but... A win is a win. A win is a win. And they're sit, like I said, they're sitting in the 10 seed right now, and they can't say, mm-hmm. well, yeah, we're in the 10 seed, but we don't want it. Like, if they make the 10 seed, they're in the play-in. So You're going to play hard. And they're gonna play hard. You know, and you know yeah. what? Look, it's it's Philly, Brooklyn, Boston at the top. Um, and I'm gonna throw Miami in there. Those are those are the top flight teams, Milwaukee. Uh, but the Raptors, outside of maybe Philly, the Raptors can beat those teams, and the Raptors have beaten those teams this year. Mm-hmm. You know, and now the fact that they've gotten a little bit more size with uh, Gillespie and uh, Kem Birch, uh, I think it's important that. Um, 
you know, they start developing some chemistry with the big guys, the, the big, the big players, OG and Pascal and, and like, let's go. There's only like 15 games left. We got to do it. We want to read Mike's comment, Brock. Well, he brought up a point. He says, if you're winning with those players, shouldn't you not mess with what's working and stay with who's working hard? Mm, now, yeah, my question is, a, well, if you stay with that lineup, <laughs> let's say as your starters, I guess if you're you're fine for resting players, aka they're not even in uniform, right? Mm-hmm. Versus mm-hmm. you you go with that lineup the whole time, and the other guys are dressed on the bench, you don't get fined for that, correct? Mm, I'd, yeah. I'd have to look up the rule, but it sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I was wondering if they're not dressing, they're not dressing at all. Okay. I just want to know what the Raptors are doing. I mean, are they or mm-hmm. are they just resting these guys because they anticipate a playoff run and they're going to be full steam ahead when when the playoffs start? I mean, you could look at it from that perspective as well. Maybe that's the case too. Maybe they're just giving Lowry some. I mean, all these guys have complained about. I think uh, was it Fred VanVleet that came out and said this is the most the weirdest um, weirdest yeah, well, season of my life. Uh, yeah, short off unpure. season, most all unpure. that unpure is the word yeah. he used. I don't know yeah. what he means by that exactly, but I mean that could be like living in Tampa to you know the COVID situation to no family. I read, I read that article, and I, I think he feels like it's more of a it's more of a manufactured product that they're mm-hmm. giving. It's not so much basketball. It's like here's the show. And guess what? Tomorrow we got these guys. And guess what? Tomorrow we got these guys. So yeah. and and the whole resting thing, like if I was if I was someone like I know you know COVID's going on right now, but if I was someone who was paying play, paying uh, money to go and see somebody play play, I'm flying across halfway across the world to go and see this guy play and he's he's not dressing because he's resting, I'd be pretty upset. Hey. Um and even if you're watching a game from home, right? Like, you know, yeah. you might be like, Oh, I'm gonna tune in at ten o'clock because you know, Steph Curry's going to go up against uh, Kawhi Leonard. And then you're just like, oh, okay, Steph Curry's resting. Or no, actually, in that situation, it'd be Kawhi Leonard resting. But, um, you know, I feel like it's a manufactured product. You're having more games forced in. Um, this whole play-in thing is just a, it's just a, like, it's just a, a, an exhibition almost. You know what I mean? It's not exhibition because it's, it's more important. That makes sense. To, you know, pardon me? That that makes sense then because I think Fred Van Fleet is scheduled to fight Jake Paul next week. <laughs> yes. Yes. <Wait. laughs> you know, that for actually happened. For his uh, Lamborghini. That happened to me in uh, April of 2015. I went to go see the Raptors and Lakers. Uh, I was super pumped, but I had bought tickets long, long before. Mm-hmm. And it was April. The, the Lakers were awful. Uh, like, they were not good. And uh, Kobe was was uh, uh, like a healthy scratch or whatever. It was just resting because he had to, was going to finish off the season at home. So I was pretty pumped, right? You know, Lakers tickets and versus anybody else when you're buying them on Ticketmaster are like 100 bucks more. I so I was like, what, uh, whatever. I want to see the Lakers. I'm going to see Kobe and uh, him watch him go nuts. But, no, I wasn't able to do it. Still a good experience. But, yeah, to mm-hmm. your point, I mean, if you're paying money, let's go, you know. Um, Depending on when that is, like, do you think Toronto gets the short end of the stick sometimes with that? Because, yes, the ticket prices are higher and stuff, but it's also, like, the Lakers and Kobe are the premium ticket at the time. So wherever they go, the tickets are more. And it, But at some point, you got to say, he's going to take a night off. He can't be going every single game. Mm-hmm. So do you think they look at the schedule and say, you know what, like, Toronto will be the one that we kind of, like – pull them out of as opposed to being um, in I, I, New York. In my or, opinion, I think so. <laughs> well, Toronto was, Toronto yeah. was really good. They were, they were the second or third team in the East that year. So 
No, I think it, it's, I think they just sort of go with the flow, and then maybe come All Star break, they can look at the second half of the season and say, okay, here's a game that maybe we could we're traveling back to back East Coast, but maybe we'll maybe we'll take this game off. But I think when you when they look at it from the right at the beginning of the year, they don't really have a, a plan. I think it's more towards the end of the year when guys start to break down a bit. But I was pretty ticked off anyway. Whatever. Um, we got a question ra- from comment saying that you think that the Raptors will make a coaching change at the end of the season. No, I don't think so either. No, 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 no. I think uh, Nurse is off, coming off a year where he won a championship mm-hmm. the, uh, last year, despite the bubble and all the all the madness with COVID. I mean, they finished. Se- I think they finished first in the East, they're not or second in the East last year. Yeah. Um, you know, and if they lost to Boston, it was just a bad matchup. But I mean, they had a good year. I think he gets at least another year to uh, reload in the post. He's mm-hmm. got to figure out his post situation. Um, no, he's he's back. What do you think, Sig? Yeah, same thing. Um, I, I feel like he's he's very well integrated with Basketball Canada, and Basketball yeah. Canada is is you know very involved with the the Raptor stuff development and all that stuff. So I think he's he's too close to those guys right now. You know that fr- that friendship can be broken at any time. We know that. You know, but uh, but I think he's he's going to be there for at least a couple of years. Yeah, for yeah, sure. They're because invested. they're not putting it on him right now. No, what, what's happening? You know what I mean. So um, you know, it was obvious. You know, a big star left. You know what I mean? And then the team's yeah. not performing. And, and, like, again, the problems are very obvious when you watch those games, right? So, yeah, I think he gets a couple more shots as long as moves are made and, and, and you know, they're, they're, they're trying to go to the future. Well, listen, let's and let's talk a little bit more about the Raptors and the situation in terms of uh, personnel. Like, there, if we were – I don't know if we'd be having this conversation. We probably want to be talking about other, other teams' success. But the fact that the Raptors are in a playoff spot, they play the mm-hmm. Nets this week, who are hurting. Kevin, oh, yeah. Kevin Durant has a leg contusion again. I don't think that guy's going to be healthy the rest of his career, personally. James Harden pulled his hamstring a couple weeks ago and re-aggravated it to the point where he's now off for the next 10 days. Those are two of your big three. Now you got Kyrie and a bunch of guys. LaMarcus Aldridge had to retire due to an irregular yeah. heartbeat. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie hasn't played Dinwiddie's out for the all. year. Yeah. Um, Blake Griffin, you're going to put, the, put it on Blake? I mean... Hang, you know this this whole big three it can always come back and backfire if, the, if you're getting guys who are maybe like a got a lot of a lot of tread on the tire you know but mm-hmm. as far as the raptors are concerned they play those nets this week so they're going to be undermanned that could be that could be a game they they match up well yeah. who knows if Kyrie is going to even be there so well yeah Kyrie might take uh take another day off but uh, when i look at the raptors they need the old the proverbial bell cow like the the, the, the workhorse the guy that you got to put the ball in his hands, can get you 18 to 20 a night smooth. Not what we're seeing with Pascal. I, I don't, I just, Pascal is not the guy. He's not. He's an that, A, he's an, a B. He's a, B. A, he's a, he's a 2B. A 1A or 2B, yeah. Yeah. He's going to be amazing. He's off of your, of your drives. Uh, he can't be the guy. And they've told him he's the guy, and now he plays like he's the guy, which means he puts up ill-advised threes. He doesn't even look to swing the ball anymore. Their their mo when they were when during that championship season, yeah, they had Leonard, but how they played basketball was the ball moved around the perimeter and it moved quick. It never just got, it never just stalled. Now what we're seeing is the ball gets into OG's hands and it's dribble, dribble, pound, 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 boom, miss a shot, come back, get scored on, and then repeat that times a hundred. Well, mm-hmm. it's happening with Pascal now too. He's just he's like one track mind, and when he does drive and kick, it's it's off balance. It's because he's being doubled. He turns the ball over a lot. I mean, I, I I love him. He works hard. But they need that bell cow. And a guy like Oladipo, I think, is perfect fit for them. 
Oh, bigger, I like oh, you know, bigger two guard, 18 to 20 points a game, can shoot from the perimeter. So if they can bring in a guy like Oladipo, because they've lost out on, on Giannis, and fix their big situation, Ken Birch and uh, Freddie Gillespie are not the answer, although they just re-signed Freddie Gillespie for another 10-day contract. Really like his game. If you watch the Raptors on Wednesday, keep an eye on Gillespie and Birch. They do a really good job. Um, they just signed Utah Watanabe for the rest of the year to a formal like NBA him. contract. Do you like Utah? I like yeah, I think he's got. I, I think he's got a lot of upside. Like he, he's shown, he's yeah. I Hustles, think he'd be a lot. I think he'd be a lot better. Hustle exactly. Hustles drive uh, cuts when there's a drive. He'll he'll sort of cut at the right time. Gets offensive rebounds. Really happy with Utah. What the, and he's a fan favorite. He he will be a fan favorite yeah. when fans are in the stands. Yeah. Brock, have you seen him play? Have you seen that Watanabe kid? No, I haven't. No, I wasn't out that sushi for a long time. <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> I think so what they need I think is they have a roster right now filled with complimentary players mm-hmm. like Gary Trent Bembry Flynn Watson Jr. Stanley all those guys are good players but they all have, are compliments and they yeah. need that bell cow they need the guy that they can go to in the post am I right or am I wrong no no it's true 100% I said I said when Ka- when uh, Kawhi left he had to they had to replace there were one guy away when he when Kawhi left they were one guy away, um, and then the other pieces kind of started to fall. Green left, and 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 um, I missed the other one, um, Serge Ibaka, and, yeah. and whatnot. You know, um, and then and then they just fell off at that point. But but a player, yeah, they 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 need a they need a they need a one A guy for sure, one hundred percent. So and that Lowry's, one A can be like twenty percent. Sorry. Well, that's ahead. that's it. So my question to you guys now, to, to sort of put a cap on the Raptors, is Lowry back next year? I'm going to say no. I don't think he is. I don't think he is. I don't know why he finished off this year in Toronto, but because like, well, maybe just for one, maybe last playoff run, you know, um, but I don't think he's back next year. I really don't. Brock? I Yeah, I think he's back. I think, uh, I mean, Let's I think there's, <laughs> there's other factors at play and I think he's, you know, he's going to have his say and I, th- and um, feelings on the team and what they need to compete. So if they don't make certain moves and, and don't have that feeling that they're going to be doing what they need to do to get back to um, you know real relevancy, then I can see him not re-signing and going somewhere else. But I think if the Raptors are in a position to do that and Usari and those guys are backing him and saying we're going to get these pieces together and maybe give him a bit more uh, opinion and say on on what they want and how he wants to build this thing. Then I think he stays. Ultimately, I think he he's always said he's going to re- retire as a Raptor. I think he loves Toronto, all that kind of stuff. It's just a matter of are they going to be relevant and make the changes that are necessary. That's a good call. I think he, I actually think he comes back. I think uh, yeah. he may not sign for as much money as he would have made uh, maybe playing in Philly. But I think if they would have if if he wouldn't come back, they would have traded him. They would have had I'm sure they had these exactly. internal discussions saying. You know, like we want you to go get, go out and chase another ring. You deserve it. You're the all-time Raptor, and we'll and we'll maybe we'll bring you back in the off-season. It's a, you're a UFA. Mm-hmm. The fact that he they didn't trade him, and there was a couple of nice deals on the table. You know, yeah, I, I'm surprised. I'm uh, I'm surprised. That was a very shocking non-trade. It was. Yeah, 100%. I think um, everyone expected Powell to leave. Gary Trent has been good. Yeah, yeah. Gary Trent has been real good, like <laughs> better than Powell good. Yeah, we've discussed this a lot on yeah. <laughs> in the group. Yeah, oh yeah, he's, he's, good player. But yeah, Powell. I mean, Powell's had some good games too. 
Um, but yeah, but yeah, right now we're still we're still winning that that trade right now. Steph uh, Steph Curry is just playing oh. off the off the charts. Like Did you he, see the stat? It's crazy. I I didn't see it. If you've got it, pull it up. He's, I'm gonna pull it up. He's my early MVP. Warriors are in a playoff spot with nobody. Are you ready for this? Yeah, let's hear 72 it. Seventy-two threes in his last ten games. That is insane. Like, are you kidding? Like, what? And so the record that he that he beat, uh, Wilt's record. That that's another thing that's unheard of. So I mean, Wilt, you got to think the shots that he'd be taking would be high percentage shots, dunks, layups, everything just right at the basket. Yeah. And Steph averaged forty points per game on fifty percent field goal shooting for those ten games in the month. That is, and, and he beat his record. That shooting, is insane. It's yeah, I can't even to shoot fifty percent anywhere is hard. But you, he's doing uh, it's predominantly from behind the arc too. Yeah, and often and way got, behind got, the arc. I got one more. I got one more stat if I got if I got some time. So that was yeah. seventy-two um, threes in ten games. Yeah, in ten games. And like, and one, yeah, that's that's crazy. And this next guy is going to blow you away. So of the of the players in NBA history with most games with ten po- with uh, ten threes made in a game, um, at the bottom is Zach Levine with two, J.R. Smith with three, Damian Lillard, Lillard with three, James Harden with three, Clay Thompson, right, the flamethrower himself with five, Steph Curry, twenty one. <laughs> <laughs> He's, they were having a they were having a debate on ESPN about who's who's the second greatest three point. They didn't even bother. With who's the greatest. They said who's the second greatest, and it was that's a legit debate. Like because Steph yeah. Curry is going to go down. He's already by hands down the, the greatest three point shooter in mm-hmm. NBA history. Yeah. But who who's the, who's the second greatest? I mean, Larry Bird was a great three point shooter, but it was early in sort of like when three point was, was, and just, he kind of did everything. He kind of did everything well too. Like yeah. the passing, you know what I mean? And everything to the rebound. But, um, I might put Ray Allen. Ray Allen might be number two. Reggie yeah. Miller was not bad. Ray Re- Allen, Reggie. Again, Reggie Miller was, yeah. Like Reggie Miller was just transitioning to where the NBA was like the three point shot was, was kind of cool. It was getting cooler anyways, but he still played in that rough, rough and tumble, like get the ball in the post. Like remember Reggie played with like Antonio Davis, Dale Davis and Rick Smith for years. And their yeah, offense was post first. Post guys, yeah. Oh yeah, I'd put, yeah Reggie, man. Maybe if Reggie played in today's NBA, he might light it up pretty good too. That'd be uh, be interesting. I like, to I like Ray Allen in that spot though. He's he's hit, like he's hit a lot. Yeah. And on top of that, he's hit a lot of big clutch shots too. Dan well, Marley, memorable threes. Dan, I mean? <laughs> Dan, Dan Marley. Marley? Old, like, you know what? But in today's Phoenix NBA, Dan Marley, Dan Marley and Kyle Korver. I mean, Kyle Korver was a good three point. In today's mm. NBA, Dan Marley might be like twenty five points a game with the way he shot the three. You would think like it just, so, yeah. It just wasn't part of the game back in yeah. the in the early nineties and late eighties. It was. You it shot was kind five of, threes, easy, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean Jeff Hornacek. Could you get? There's a lot of guys that you know that were great shooters in their day, but they didn't shoot it a lot because it just wasn't part of the offense. You know, like you didn't. It was you didn't couldn't play zone back then. It was man to man, so there was a guy on you anywhere you went. You know, Steph transcended the game. Like he's changed oh, the game yeah. from his time at Davidson right into the pros. Like he made a statement during the tournament, and he played exactly the way he does in the pros at that point. And everybody yeah. was like, "This guy is phenomenal," and he's so much fun to watch. And he can change a game, and then he does it at the pros. And you know, the the game has changed since Steph Curry has gone into the NBA. There have been teams who've changed the, the the way the NBA's played, like overall philosophies. I think about you know the uh, the the Run TMC Warriors 
Yeah. Uh, Don Nelson's Mavericks when they had Nash and Nowitzki, those guys. Uh, the Suns when they were Mike D'Antoni, the up and down with Amari Stoudemire and all that. Um, there were teams for sure that changed the game. But I don't. there aren't that many players that come in and do what they've done. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Steph Curry, and James Harden are the only guys that come to mind that really changed how you played basketball on offense. Yeah, I'm going to throw yeah, James Harden. I'm putting him in there. I mean, that guy does things that we'll never see. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing stuff. So anyway, we've, uh, this is, uh, man, I could talk about this kind of stuff all day. <laughs> we got, um, you know what? Sig, let's have Sig stick around for the untouched. Should we? Sig should yeah. Stick if we're not for going to baseball, we're going to skip the Jays. We got yeah. untouchables. I got an unsportsmanlike moment, uh, yeah. video that I have, and we got the goat talk. We got to finish that, uh, that side and maybe yeah. another one. Let's um I will just want to mention about the Jays. They're playing the Red Sox right now as we speak, and they had a rough weekend in Kansas City, but we'll get more into the Jays. Uh, we'll bring uh, our resident expert, uh, Mr. Mike, our, one of our executive producers, on to chat. But, uh, yeah, Brock, we should pay one more bill. Sponsor time. Yep. Let's hear it. All right. Are you yeah. selling or buying? Call Tracy Iskander with Royal LePage and Group Philip LeMay. They have the buyers and the right game plan to find you a new home. Maybe it's next door to me. You'll get personalized service in all sectors of the Udaway region. Tracy is fluently bilingual and with a combined 40 years of real estate experience at Group Philip LeMay, you can rest assured your home buying journey will be handled with first class care and the best prices on the market. Contact Tracy today at 613-324-3781 or email her at Tracy at TracyIskander.com. And Mike threw me under the bus because I was reading it and everybody saw that. I want I want that, <laughs> an email like that. I want a Pierre at PierreCariotti.Pierre. Pierre at PierreCariotti.Pierre. Pierre, Pierre, hashtag... Backslash Pierre, semicolon colon Cariotti. All right, you clearly have no idea how this thing works. Come on, Pierre and Pierre.com and Pierre Cariotti. Okay. Uh, All right. On that note, let's, uh, yeah, let's uh, bring in Mikey. He he controls when he comes in. Yeah, that's Mike's song. That's his. Damn, it feels good to be a I love it. I wasn't sure if I was adding me or you were adding me, bro. You're gonna have to turn up your mic a little bit, though. Gonna need you to turn volume. We're gonna need you to turn the volume up on your mic a little bit. Sorry, what? Better? That's that's better for sure. Are you super delayed again? Say again. <laughs> Am I delayed? I, I don't know. You're asking me something that I said two no, minutes ago. Mike is our executive producer. He's got a list of things he's got to take care of behind the scenes. So when he comes on, he, we're bringing him on. We're kind of throwing him into the into the fire. So, and yeah. Fellas, the internet, like, is pumping here. I got things going <laughs> that you wouldn't believe. <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep your mouth near the mic, though. It's one of those yeah, – yeah, it's a yeah. dynamic mic. You got to be right there. Awesome. All right, let's uh, – okay, so uh, first off, I'm going to do it because I have – Sportsman-like conduct. The video. <laughs> this is the unsportsmanlike moment, and Curtis might enjoy this as he's eating his tacos or whatever. Is it a blooper? 
This is Josh Allen running. I saw this on Twitter. Twitter. He's doing the 40 yard dash. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Can we play that again? Was that me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, as if. So oh that's a comparison of Josh goodness. Allen running his 40-yard dash with, I think it's that. Dwight Schrute's cousin from The Office. Yes. <laughs> Mo- Moses, that's Moses. Wow. Whoa. Uh, anyway, I oh. saw it on Twitter, and I died. Wow. Anyway. What do you run? Did you run, a, did you run a good 40? Yeah, he's fast. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine yeah, if he actually, like, if, he, you know, if, he, if his arms ever went in front of his body. Uh. <laughs> oh, my God. That was priceless. Yeah. All right. So that's uh, that's Thank that. You for sharing that. Uh, do you want to do untouchables or you want to go to GOAT first? Let's go to the uh, let's go to the bracket first. We'll end with the untouchables. All right, sounds good. So this is the bracket. We have already established that we have uh, Gretzky LeBron moving on. We have Messi and Federer moving on, MJ and Tiger moving on. The last quadrant that we have is the, I think it's Superstar is what it's called, but it's the Tom Brady versus Usain mm. Bolt and Muhammad Ali versus Lisa Leslie. Mm. So let's go and see what we got here. So mm. do you, does anybody have their initial, like they're like it's locked down 100%? I think we're all, I think we're all pretty clear on one of them. Um, but Sig, do you have, let's go with the, the Brady... No, let's go with the Ali Lisa Leslie one first. Who do you got? I think I'm going with Ali on that one. Ali Pep. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. The all what the impact he made culturally. Uh, but Lisa Leslie, not taking anything away. Yeah, hell exactly. of a basketball player. She I was mean, the master. She was. Is she the right? first I mean, person to ever dunk? First female yeah. basketball player yeah, to ever dunk. I believe so, yeah. I yeah, believe so. Professional game, yes. Well, like yeah. ambidextrous too, like down in the post, left, right, equally. Like she was incredible. She was how, many, how many, how many yeah. double WNBA titles did she win? Like she, I think she won. Like she's. I think they had a three peat. I feel like they had a three peat. Yeah, but I, I, I got to go with Ali just because. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's you know Ali. It's Ali. All right, um, Mike. Mike, uh, Ali from me, hands down. Yeah. Hey, okay. and you sound good too. All right. I think Ali good. is uh yeah, it's a hands down. Uh the one that's a little bit harder, I think, would be the Tom Brady versus Usain Bolt. So Mike, let's start with you this time. Well, uh now this goes to where what I watch, I guess, and uh I watch the Olympics every four years, the summer Olympics, and Bolt blows me away. He's amazing. But I watch football on a weekly basis, and I'm leaning towards uh, Tom Brady because uh, you, you can't argue with the guy's done, seven uh, Super Bowl wins, uh, and then leaving New England and winning one in Tampa. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going with Brady all the way. All right. Pep. Oh, yeah. It's tough, eh? You know, you're thinking about an athlete versus uh, – well, they're both athletes, but like – a sport where you're fighting, competing against three people versus a team sport that Brock mentions all the time about football. But that being said, you know, 22 seasons or whatever Brady's at now and all the success and all the personnel changes, yet he still keeps doing it. He's kept his body in good shape. Um, 
again, I'm going to go Brady because I'm a football guy. So I'm going to go Brady. If for any reason I'm biased. So Brady. All right. Um, Sig? Yeah, let's go Sig. I was going to say mine, then I'd see if Sig ends oh, sorry, up flipping the, the boat a little oh, yeah, bit. Yeah, go ahead, bro. I mean, the argument I have is that Bolt is one man versus everybody else's best head to head and mm. has like not one by little bits. He is and was so freaking dominant mm. that I mean in the hundred, in the two hundred, I think he's also in the four to a point. Like the relay and the relay. And the relay. Like yeah. he is just he is the <laughs> fastest man on the planet. You know, the only way somebody gets faster than him is if their lever gets longer. So if their hips are higher and they got longer legs and they can flip those levers faster than Bolt did, that's how you're going to get faster. You cover more ground in the same amount of times your legs go. And Usain is one of those freaks. Tom Brady doesn't go to the Jets and win a Super Bowl. He needs to have a team and a structure around him. Tom Brady is not going into the uh, quarterback versus quarterback event and beating, I don't know, Maybe he doesn't beat Peyton Manning. Maybe he doesn't beat a guy like Josh Allen. You know, again, freak of nature in terms of what they can do. He manages a team well. He does that extremely well. But for me, Bolt stands out from a sheer look. Like, mm. who's the better athlete? And I feel like Usain has nothing else around him other than himself. And he's taken the best of the world at that point. And I'll, Brady I'll needs other people. I'll say this, too. Uh, there's no margin for error in a in – a, event that takes 10 mm. seconds to run right you, you mess anything up and that is if it's a fraction of a second you're beat right 100 percent, and that's it that's four years training for that one moment and yeah like you say brady's thrown interceptions brady's done little things that are those missteps but it's a long game and you can overcome that it's mm -hmm. like yeah you tie your shoes wrong you take the wrong first step whatever it happens to be and it's not perfect in those 10 minus 10 seconds it's over that's my thing, so I'm going with Bolt. Sig, yeah, is it a you, Brady domination or what? You no, you took it. You took it out of my. You took the words right out of my mouth. Um, I, you know, I, I guess like I, I, I run track. I ran a lot of track, um, you know, in my day, and and also played football. And and just like you said, the team thing. You know, he needs a team around him for Tom Brady. Um, and and with Usain Bolt, like it's not just the Olympics too. It's the other world championships and the other races they're doing to, you know, obviously this guy's going to, they still have to qualify. You know what I mean? So there's other races and everyone's gunning for this guy and all the pressure is on them, you know, and coming back and, and you know, improving, improving and beating personal bests and, and records. And like, and this guy took down records that I thought wouldn't fall. And like, you know, like, yes, athletes, you know, we seem to be getting better in time and certain records are, are meant to fall and whatnot. And maybe Brady has a record that might not fall, but with, with Tom, with, uh, with Usain Bolt, with what he's done, the stage he's done it at um, um, and just wiping the floor with everybody. Um, I, I got to give it to a uh, bolt. So are we split? We are two, split. Two, and two, you know two, how we Brady? break that split? Mike and I? Mike and I. No. Mike Brady. and I took Brady? Team Brady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mr. Bulging Biceps himself. Tacos Tuesday. Taco Tuesday, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I'm done eating. Yeah, uh, I checked first. Okay. All right. Brady, Usain Bolt, Curtis, 
you are the tiebreaker. Who's it going to be? Who's moving on? Do you think I'm picking Brady while wearing this hoodie? <laughs> <laughs> the Bills hoodie. No, I guess uh, not. No, I'm going to give oh. it to Green just for the uh, just for the pretty much the fact the uh, the reasons you guys already already said. Just uh, pure athleticism, being the best at uh, in the world, what he does. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with with Bolt. Guys, you make a, there's no wrong answer, and I, in fact, now you got me thinking about Michael Phelps, in, in a similar in a similar light, taking on the world's best, every every country's best swimmer, and and beating them, like he must he holds the record, does he not? Or I think they it's probably pretty close in terms yeah, of gold medals. I think the difference is that nobody cares about swimmers. But anyway, like <laughs> hey, for <laughs> any swimmers listening, I apologize. I uh, well, actually, I no, I don't. I don't watch swimming either. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild stuff, uh, guys. You make good argument. I mean, I don't. How could you? How could you argue that guy's an incredible runner? Oof. You know what? This next round is going to be a lot harder. Like when the Bolt next is round, facing Gretzky or whoever is next. Bolt is like facing that's... Ali next, which oh. is going to be its own tough. We got Messi, uh, Bolt Ali, Messi versus mm. Federer, Gretzky <clears throat> versus LBJ, and MJ versus Tiger is the next round. Okay, guys, let me let me quickly, just quickly go clockwise. I'll start with Mike. Oh, do you want to what do you think is the hardest sport to play? Or, uh, or let me put it another way. Who have the best athletes? Oh, that's completely different questions. Yeah, who who have the best athletes? Let me just put it that way. Like from a single sport? Any sport, uh, the all sports combined. What's the right. hardest sport to play? Who who are the best athletes in those sports? The best athletes. I'll start with mine. Mine's mine's soccer. I think soccer is the hardest sport to play. It's perpetual motion. It's like ninety minutes. There's no subs. If you sub, yeah. you're out. But don't you think you can disguise a really bad soccer player? Mm, good question. You know what I mean? On, on a team of what? What are they? Nine on the field? Ten on the field? <clears throat> I think you can hide a guy who's horrible way easier than. Uh, what about damage? Well, what sport did you say? Golf. I'm like okay, okay, okay. Athletes. Honestly, best athlete. <clears throat> I, I would have to go with uh, it, it's going to be swimming or football. Okay, Curdy swimming. Yeah, they're they're like there's no part of your body you don't use swimming, so they would be in tip top shape every head to toe. And you have to learn how to breathe. It's a completely different. Uh, it's just wild how they train. Yeah, Curdy. Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, well, I mean, you asked two things. So uh, the, the hardest position to play, I'm gonna go NFL quarterback. The, be the best athletes, um, I'm going to go with uh, a hockey player just because there's so many dynamics. You got you to skate, you got to shoot, you got to deal with the physicality. You got to, there's a lot of elements to it. Um, yeah, I think it's, yeah, that's what I'm going with. Hockey? Yeah. Okay. Position wise, yeah, quarterback 100%. Um, it's hard. <laughs> I can't do it. No um, I'm not going to argue with the the swimmer. I actually agree with that after you said it. But I was going to say um, I was going to say rugby. You got to be big, strong, fast. Ooh, yeah. Um, and and when you're saying you know you can't really disguise a or you can disguise a, a bad soccer player. I don't think you can disguise a, a bad rugby player. You're going to get taken out. Um, there you so go, Mike. Aussie, Aussie rules. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think they're nuts. Brock? So European football players being crazy athletes, is that rugby or is European football soccer? Mikey, we're going to need you to answer that in the next minute or two. But do you, do you have a did you have a sport, Brock? Did you want to mention? I mean, no. It, that's it's so tough to kind of do. I think the hardest thing in sports is uh, is baseball. Is hitting a hitting a baseball from a pitcher like it's sixty feet away. It's I feel like that's one of the hardest things to do okay. uh, from an athletic uh, means. Also, Mike's talking soccer. Mm-hmm. And you talk about hiding a good soccer player. All you do is give him a red card, and then you're playing with one less, and they don't seem to mind. Anyway. Um, but we talk about conditioning. I'm talking, <laughs> I should specify. We talk about conditioning and what it takes what about- to play that sport. You know, you, hockey's a great example because it's, it, a lot of it is it's anaerobic training. So you're coming on 10 seconds. You train anaerobically. So they have an aerobic element to it, but it's anaerobic. It's like short, short, quick burst. Soccer, I find, and the, my argument for soccer is soccer is both. You need to be able to have that mini burst on the field while you're running in perpetual motion, whether it's like you go from 50% speed to like full max sprint, and then you're expected to be 50% for the rest of the game. I mean, you you tell me to run my fastest for 20 seconds, I'm going to need a minute break, <laughs> like on the ground. Well, if you watch again. soccer, so, I mean, the, the defense is not, like if the ball's in the offensive zone, the defensive players are not moving a whole lot. They're walking around and they're whatever. Like... I don't know. Maybe I'm downplaying it. You're also you're also talking about cardio versus just overall athletics. What about yeah. what about uh, uh, um, basketball? Uh, is a tough one too. You got physicality. There's a lot of physicality in basketball. It is uh, back and forth. You're, not you're everyone can shoot. Jogging. You yeah. really there is nowhere to hide. It's a smaller what, court. What about gymnastics? Like uh, those guys that are on the rings in the Olympics, mm, right? Like the, the body control, the, that guy, the strength, the like, great, are unreal. Yep, that's that's awesome. Absolutely, for sure. I could so I could totally see you that doing that with your with the your the smoke in his mouth. And yeah. the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Old school. I kind of threw that. Uh, I kind of threw uh, that question at you guys. Was it old, school? Yeah, old school? Old school. Old school. Exactly. <laughs> I apologize, guys. I kind of threw that question at you like uh, in two pieces. Uh, but you know that's what we do, man. You got to be able to just sort of change it up and. I, I threw that at you without a lot of thought into it. So I apologize. I put you on the spot. It's tough. I mean, when you're thinking about it, at least in my mind, I think of what's something that the least amount of people in the world can do well. Good. That's, a, that's brilliant. And for us, it's, it's keeping our show within an hour. So <laughs> I was going to say running straight. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, is that is that the it, were those the only brackets to, to go through today? Was that it? It was just the the. I mean, we can go right into second round, but you got the untouchables. So let's do the untouchables. We're gonna okay. come back to semifinals next week. Okay, you guys stick around for this, everybody. Legendary. Oh, that's not it. I have a sound for lyrically This is for Pierre's game called Untouchable or Touchable. And it was either going to be this song or a Michael Jackson song. Anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, dear. You know what right. we got to find, Brock, first? Um, but you ever hear that guy who, who starts laughing, but he starts off by going, oh, no, 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 oh, no. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you did it about eight times earlier. What else? Okay. <laughs> well, we'll find it. <laughs> okay. So this came up. This came to mind because Patrick Marlowe, just broke Gordie Howe's all-time games played record 
uh, last night. And couldn't have happened to a, a just a nicer guy, humble guy, classy guy. I'm a big Marlowe fan. I, th- I really hoped it would have worked out for him in Toronto. Uh, you know, he's now playing on a very bad San Jose team, but that's a franchise that really holds him in a high regard. If he wants to come back next year, he could very well come back. But anyway, he broke Gordy House record. There was some discussion on our show page today with regards to like, you know, generations and, you know, Gordy Howe, the, his seasons were 60 games and not 82 games. And, uh, you know, he's his last year he had 15 goals and uh, Marlowe has four, like little things like that. I think it's a generational thing too. And if you, if you see the size of the goalies back in 1979, uh, I'm thinking Brock might have 20 goals in the, that season. So, um, interesting. But is this, that a shot at me or them? I don't know. No, it's a shot at them. But, okay. Um, <laughs> so it, um, it br- brought to my mind today that maybe there's some other records that are, are they going to be untouchable or touchable? And I want you guys to answer if you think these next nine records in sports will ever be touched, ever be broken. Some of them are going to be really interesting and some of them, ugh, it's going to be tough. So I'll start with number nine. Byron Nelson won 11 PGA tour uh, had 11 PGA Tour wins in a row in 1945. Will anybody in golf win 11 PGA um, championships in one season? He won no. 18 total that year, but he won 11 in a row. It, no. In one year. Nope. I won't even come close. The only guy who had maybe the mm-hmm. ability to do so would have been Tiger Woods, and that's over at this point. Um no, uh, winning a, a golf PGA Tour event is extremely hard to do. Absolutely. And the players that are considered the best in the world, like Rory McIlroy, hasn't won, I think, in a year and a half or something like that. And you just think, and he's still top five in the world. Like, crazy, it's, eh? it's, it's tough. That's a crazy stat. No. Let's go, Mike, did you, let's go uh, person by person. Mike, do you think anyone will ever come close to that? I'd say no. And it's more, it's more, uh, on the level of competition than, than it is the, the talking to a specific player, uh, you know, coming along to do it. I think it's more the, the playing field is so level now. They're all so good. That, yeah, mm-hmm. it won't happen. Good point. Kurt? His mic's off. His mic's off? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Sig? Oh, wait. There he goes. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think so at all. Okay. Um, I feel like there'd be talk of someone getting close. If, if anything, I haven't heard anything, and I don't. I mean, I you know, I tune into golf once in a while, but I do not think. Uh, yeah, no. Untouchable. Yeah, that's untouchable for me too. Kurt, you want to just give thumbs up or down? Yeah. All right. Next one. Uh, this one. Gretzky's two thousand eight hundred and fifty-seven career points. Do we know who's the next closest right now? It's, uh, I think it's Ovechkin. And what's he got? Do you know? Fact check. Let's find out here. Anyway, Mike, what do you think? Uh, how many points does he have? Uh, the, the 2,000, uh, was it? 2,857 career points for Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. yeah, I'll say no. Not likely. Six? Just Kurt. The number. I'll say, I'll say no. I think it's tough. And one of the things that you know I wanted to bring up at some <clears> show <throat> was discuss, discussing like which position in sports <clears throat> has improved the most over the last few decades. And arguably one of them is the hockey goalie. 
and what they've yeah. transitioned oh, yeah. into versus if you watch oh. Gretzky highlights, you know, these guys, it's, yeah. oh yeah, these guys are stand-up goalies with these oh. little mini pads on and, you know, if it's if it's along the ice, it's like it's like shooting on me. You're like, well, if you want to score on him, he's pretty big, but just put it on the ice. He's never getting down. You know what I mean? Like it's well, just, people, I don't think and, so. And people talk about um, people talk about you know the goalies if they wore smaller equipment. Uh, was it? No, these guys are huge. I mean, there was a there was a picture of I think it was Freddie Anderson and Cujo side by side. Cujo was like half his size. And Cujo at the time was one of the best goalies in the NHL. So yeah, yeah, the goalies are bigger and they're more agile, but they're but they're big, but they play like they're small. It's like they're huge and fast, and yeah, yeah. that's a that's a good point. Um, the, the second closest guy is Yager. He's got nine uh, one thousand nine hundred and twenty one, and then Messier. That's surprising. Yeah. So yeah, no. yeah, that's for me. Then just seeing that is definitely no for me. No, Brock. No, no, that's no. All right. Yeah. Okay. Untouchable. 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 Uh, Brett Favre's 297 consecutive games played. Philip Rivers is the next closest. I think he had two rounds. He had one. He played 160 in a row, and then he played 180 in a row, or something crazy like that. But he never played 297 in a row. What does Brady have? And that's when was the last time he missed a game? Brady player? missed a season. Brady missed the whole season. He's missed a game or two oh, here he? and there with suspension and all that. So, oh, is this quarterback right. or player? Quarterback, player? yeah. Quarterback. quarterback, okay. Quarterback yeah. and or oh, so quarterback, because yeah. the only other position would be like field goal kicker or punter that would have any well, shot it. of being in a consecutive game because any other exactly. position in football is not think, happening. Yeah, I think Brandon Fletcher has might even have the actual record for most consecutive games. I'd have to check that out. I'll confirm next time. So, what do you think, Mike? I can see that being beaten. Yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah, you, you got a guy who comes in right out of college uh, and and uh, is successful right from the, the get-go. Patrick yeah, Mahomes. Favre didn't uh, – he was a starter, uh, but it wasn't successful. Uh, so could have been benched one game, put, you know, midway through. And, uh, yeah, I can see that. I can see that being beaten. Patrick Mahomes would be the guy that right now I would say, you know what? Yeah, he came in young, started to win, has won a Super Bowl, he's MVP. You can't miss a game, single game, though. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Like that's, uh, and Favre took a beating in 0506. He was when they were when the Packers were sort of not good. That's pretty impressive. That's an impressive record. Jeez, uh, I, I'm gonna go no. I think that's 300 games consecutive in NFL as a quarterback. Jeez, there's too many variables. Um, Cal Ripken Jr.'s consecutive games played two, 2,000, 2,632. Mike, no, not even. No, that, that one is, uh, you, you think about it, like, and even uh, when he broke, like Lou Gehrig would come out, he'd play four innings and, and come out of the game Cal mm-hmm. and started those games and finished most of them. Yeah. Incredible. It, it is a, yeah, that is a feat because uh, 162 games a year to not miss a game. And I don't know how many seasons that worked out to, but it, it is, no, that one won't be beaten. Did he walk off without missing a game? Did he retire without missing a game? I'm not. Because I feel like I remember a moment where he, it might have been just his retirement, but yeah, I don't think this record, if you're asking me, I don't think this one I think down he either. broke the record and then, and then. And then they had the big moment and stuff. I think he played another season after that. I have to look at, I think he played another season after that and he didn't start every game. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. Played, I don't, I don't think. Like, a, like one day off. Yeah. Like to, to break it and it was sort of unannounced and. And then he was done. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think, I don't think so. It's too high. That's nuts. 
no. be? Nowadays no. with, I don't know, I think a lot of it comes down to finances too. Like even the football one, you know, I talk about Mahomes saying he's always in a good position to do that. And if they sign an offensive lineman to give him stuff, he can move around a bit and stay offensive caters to quick passes and, and getting the ball out of his hands and stuff like that. But there's just too much money involved that if there's, if these guys are nicked up, then they don't, and they don't need to push them further. Because again, it's a it's such a long term contract, and there's so much money involved. And like, you know what? We're going to sit out a game, just relax. We're going to make sure that we pr- yeah. protect our investment. And that's the same with baseball; those contracts are through the roof. So anybody who's playing on a regular basis like that is going to demand a huge salary, and therefore, it's going to be like, you know what? We want to make sure that this guy can produce for years to come. So we're not going to burn him out at the beginning. So I think a lot of it comes down to the finances in these kind of mm-hmm. situations. Mm-hmm. Oh, management. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, Joe DiMaggio's fixed 56 game hitting streak. There's an app. What's it called, Mike? The streak. It's called the streak. And it's you go on, it's free. And it, and you're trying to beat DiMaggio's 56 game hit streak by choosing any baseball player you want who plays that night. You can double down and take two of them, but if you lose, you go back to zero. And if you can beat the streak, so get 57 in a row, you win like $5.6 million. I have had a streak of four, and that's it. I can't even pick, and this is from anybody. So for an individual to hit in that many consecutive games is insanity to me. So no, it's not even going to come close to it. I couldn't agree more. Uh, you're you're factoring in, and, and I don't care if the guy's a bum that you're facing. Everything he, he walks you, that's not a hit. You uh, you get hurt in the game, that's not a hit. You you know as long as you've had a bat. There are so many variables with that streak to keep that going, where you got to hit 56 times safely. Uh, you know, it can't be an error. It can't be. It, it is. Uh, it won't. It won't ever be broken. So you guys get the 30 I'll, I'll just I'll just say no I can't I can't even add to that these guys <laughs> yeah no no way no I'm way. going I'm off the that. I'm going yeah. off the board I think I think if we've seen a couple of 30s 35s 40s I think oh, we're really? I think we're gonna see a I mean, I, trout would be the one guy I could see it see doing I mean you just the guys are hitting machine <laughs> oh sorry no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I do think that'll happen. Maybe who knows when that'll happen. Who knows? I, I think you all make great points. Brock, for sure. You know, with like load management and guys, I just think that I just don't see that happening uh, with uh, in baseball where um, if a guy's hitting, he, they're not going to baby him. If he plays like uh, they need a pinch runner or something like that. And the guy has no hits. I think it's just a different era. So um, I think he does it. Okay, here's a, here's an interesting one. I, I'm I was supposed to know this. I can't believe I didn't know this. The Celtics won eight in a row, which I knew from 1959 to 1966. They won eight titles in a row, but they also won in '57, so they didn't win in '58, and in '68 and '69. So they won eleven titles in 11. like a 13-year <laughs> span. That is insane. Will that ever be broken? The eight in a row is what the what the number is. In the NBA. Depends on what the players want. If the players all come together and say they want to, you know, now it's a, it's instead of the, the power three, it's the power six. And they're like, the hell with it. We're all taking less money, but we're just going to stack the team. Maybe they do. Eight. Yeah, uh, It's more likely that than it is a 56 hit streak. Really? 
Interesting, boys. Mike? Hmm. I was say, that can work the other way, too, where you different leagues have different contract structures and how you enter the league. And you look at, like, uh, a baseball now, and you need to draft these guys because when they, they leave that rookie contract, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're overpaid and they're not as good as they were under that rookie contract. Same, uh, not, not in hockey. In hockey, you're sort of getting that, you're still getting the rising and then you're, you're getting the, what, what you pay for. But uh, I would say, I mean, that's a lot. Uh, and oh. I, I, like, I just don't think it's I, under one team. There's so many variables. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Sig. I'm, I'm saying no. Um, I, I think there are two teams that could have come close but I'm saying no. Brock will hate one of those teams that I mentioned. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I won't mention it. But yeah, no. Bulls, Bulls, and and Golden State. Um, even maybe possibly the Spurs. I think they had five, five titles for Duncan. Yeah. Um, no, it's not going to happen. It's too hard to keep. I think that many big personalities, like eight times in a row. I, uh, one, I don't think the NBA will let it happen. Yeah. I don't think they would let let those that many uh, players you know come together because um, it is like some guys later at the end of their career and whatnot stuff like that um, even like with uh, with uh, you know the Nets but uh, yeah no sorry I talked too much I, I no I, I don't think this is one of those absolutely untouchable ones the only teams that could have I think in my mind would have been um, the Bulls if Jordan didn't retire they would have won eight at least I think yep uh, and Miami if they would have kept Bosch and Wade and, and LeBron. I think they maybe, yeah, I know they won one and lost two or whatever it was, but if had they stayed together, I mean, <laughs> Dwayne Wade's top five shooting guard of all time. And LeBron James is arguably the goat. Had they stayed together, they would have won. They would have won three or four consecutive, I think five, maybe, but eight untouchable. untouchable. If Jordan didn't go and leave for two years and they won those two years or whatever it was in championships, Pippen would not have been there for the next three. He would have had five. He would have demanded a big contract. He would have demanded to have the spotlight like he wanted. He would have been gone before that. Anyway, next oh, that's one. Very that's, that's, that's yeah, very possible. That's very possible. I mean, you make a good point. It's not yeah. probably not the case, but you make a good point. It's 100% five, five the case. Five is plenty. <laughs> two is plenty. Go uh, ahead. <laughs> okay, here we go. The uh, Last two. Pete Rose, 4,256 all-time hits. You're skipping Jerry Rice's receptions. Did I, you oh, have them on three. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Let, let's go with fifteen hundred and forty forty nine receptions for Jerry Rice. I think that okay. one can get beaten. Yeah. So do I. Mike Sig. I think that could be beaten. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I that's a hundred so. receptions for fifteen straight years. I don't. When you put it that way, you get you get the right quarterback, the right tandem. You know what I mean? They get they gel. I'm Mahomes, I mean, Kelsey, and Mahomes, Hill. Like he yeah. goes to them all the time. It's just constant. Mm-hmm. You but should. How many, so Kelsey's got what he's going into his fifth or sixth season. Can you see Kelsey playing ten more years at a hundred catches a year at tight end? I mean, that's now that I now that I think about it, fifteen hundred catches, averaging. Well, uh, how old did Jerry Rice play till? Like six. He only played seventeen seasons or something like that. Only not only, but like I mean, that's seasons. almost a hundred receptions a year. For 15, I could, 10 years is okay. That's a great, I mean, AB had 100 receptions a year for seven straight years, and then he kind of fell off the planet. I think and it's that, doable. Yeah? That's more doable than some of the other ones. God, it's impressive. Geez. Don't get me wrong. It's impressive, but yeah. it's not mm-hmm. like it's never going to get beat. Sig? 
you, you kind of almost changed my mind with the whole tight end, with this tight end thing. Can you do that for that many consecutive years? Um, but I still, th- I still think it's possible. I think I still think it's possible because, like you know, the right scheme, the right system, the right team, you know. Um, and again, yeah. you know, they they can just I don't know, they can get hot. Larry Fitzgerald. And that's not saying he's he's they have season or sorry, that's like total, right? So he might have one season where that's it's correct. more. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. it's so it's career. Larry Fitzgerald has 1,432 receptions, and he played 263 games. Rice has 303. So you're looking at another 40 games. You know, so he could years. he could pass him. You know, if he wanted to play for that long. Jerry Rice played for a long time. Yeah, and the last years, I feel like he, like I don't even know if he caught a pass in Seattle. The next yeah, two guys on that list at number three and number four are both tight ends with Tony Gonzalez and then Jason Witten. And Gonzalez is sitting at 1325 and Witten at 1228. So these guys are up there. You know what I mean? It's a matter of longevity and what you can play. Tough sport. Tough sport to play for a long time. Now more than ever. These guys are just big and strong. They'll kill you. So well, it's, it's an impre- either way, it's impressive. All those guys, everyone that you guys named. All right, Pete Rose. 4,256 hits. Mike, can that be beaten? You know, I'd like to uh, have, like, like I think we, we said that Jerry Rice could be beaten, but I, I that one, I don't think so. Like, it's, that's a lot of hits. That's a lot of hits. Guys get 3,000 now, and they're they're sort of past their prime. They, they probably shouldn't be playing anymore, but they keep playing just to get that 3,000. Uh, so 4,000, no, there's, there's no way. Who's second, Brock? I'm glad this is your event, and I'm doing the research. <laughs> Ty Cobb is second. Ty Cobb okay. with 4189. Then Hank Aaron, Stan Musial, uh, Tress Speaker, Tris Speaker. No idea. No idea. Okay. And then Derek Jeter is the next like name you would know after that at 3465 hits. Okay. Paul well, Mulder is not far down. Okay. Okay. Eddie Murphy, I didn't know he was doing baseball, but Eddie in there. Eddie Murray. Murray. Oh, yeah. that's right. Murray. I'm <laughs> dyslexic. Sig, <laughs> uh, do you think that'll ever be broken? I don't I don't think so. Albert I mean, Pujols is the only active guy remaining. Yeah. He's yeah. at thirty two forty five. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't think so. When you see a list like that and you see all the names that are at the top and, and the names are at the bottom and the like, you know, guys that are le- like probably legit Hall of Fame guys. That, that couldn't get there. Yeah, no, I don't think, uh, you know, and, and again, that's not saying that the game's changing and, you know, they have either more opportunities or less opportunities. But again, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this list and I see a lot of, a lot of well-known names and these guys are in like the twenties, you know, not even in the top 10. So I'm going to say no. I think that, I think it's untouchable with the way, way guys pitch and bullpens and all that. And nah, 4,256 hits Brock. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Okay. All right. And the last one, is uh, Will Chamberlain's 100 points in a single game. Kobe had 81. He put up about a million shots, and he a lot of those were in the, at the free throw line in the in the fourth quarter against the Raptors of all teams. But um, Will Chamberlain scored 100 points in a single game, and you keep in mind most of those were just two-point baskets. So And free throws, a lot of free throws. Remarkable, <laughs> and a lot of free throws, yeah. So can, any, can anybody built, uh, even come close to that, you think? I'll say no. No. I mean, uh, unless one guy's going to take on an entire team, you know, or 
or the game changes completely. But no, it's not going to happen. Teams are too good. I feel like the the two closest guys that could possibly hit the eighties is uh, are on the same team, Splash Brothers. Yeah, but uh, but I don't think it comes down. I really don't. It, it it's happened in high school games um, and, and other other league games, but yeah, no, you you got you have to have a bunch of pylons out there. You know what I mean? And, and what's it for? Just to beat that record? Yeah, mm-hmm. I say I say absolutely not. Brock. Um, yeah, sorry, just checking the score. It says Steph Curry has 96 points right now with 12 minutes left in the fourth. <laughs> I know, I forgot, I forgot to turn off my NBA jam. Um, <laughs> I think it's tough, but I think that, you know, does the NBA end up getting a four-point play at some point or whatever, and maybe yeah. that happens to get into it? Maybe. Um, you know, I this is not a an absolute... You know, I'll bet my life that it'll never be broken. Um, this isn't one of those scenarios. It's going to be hard. All these records are going to be hard to beat for sure. Um, we're not taking anything away from that. Uh, I think whatever happens to beat it is not going to be the same as Wilt doing it as two points nonstop. It's going to be lighting it up from outside, and it's going to be Steph getting hot, you know, and hitting 30 in a row and then saying, you know what, let's figure this out. Now he's the free throw line for a few more, and there's 100. You know, it's, uh, I don't know. I would not say it's out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to say, yeah. I mean, we've seen guys score 29 points in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you and if the if the coach just says, hey, we're, we've got no fans in the stands right now. We're, this is a boring, <laughs> a boring game, middle of the season. This yeah. is your, this is your night tonight. We're going to run every play for you. And, and he, the guy gets 55, 60 by halftime. I say, I say, yeah. Of all the of all the records we've mentioned, I think that one for me is the one that's probably the most attainable. And I believe the fifty six game hit streak will be will be broken at some point. Personally, Download the app, games. the streak. Oh, I know it, I, and I know see it. if you can even get to twelve of just picking any baseball player to do it. <laughs> I'm gonna let alone that. taking the one guy. Oh, what am I? What am I? Uh, yeah, but I mean, I, that's I actually think just because of guys, I've seen guys get to thirty and, and be like, okay, well, let's see, you're you're more than halfway there. So who knows? That's my just. My, it's not going to happen, but I think if there is a record that it maybe a guy could come close. Who knows? You never know. Never know. Anyway, that's t- that's touchable or untouchable. Thanks for playing, guys. I really appreciate it. I thought it was very interesting. That's your segment. So. We got to figure out if there's going to be uh, a round two of that one. For sure. All right. I think I think we've exhausted our time. Uh, everybody on the Quebec side should be home by now because your curfew was half an hour ago. Uh, so make sure you guys are home, safe. Um, shout out to uh, Mike who got his vaccine today. So uh, if my boss is listening and needs people in the office, Mike's willing to go because he's vaccinated. <laughs> I will I will continue to stay home and keep my Only distance from the office. Um, Sig, again, happy birthday. Uh, it's great having you on. Obviously, will not be the last time we have you on. Uh, Mikey, thanks for joining us, and thanks for uh, producing this in the background and not uh, not being on such a delay, which is nice. And Curtis, obviously... Thanks for joining and breaking the tie. We are going out to a song that was, it was inspired by Pep's Facebook uh, post, I think, about 
what was the number one song when you were a certain age or whatever. So at oh. 19, when I started going out, this was the number one song. It's called I'll Be Missing You with P. Diddy, Faith Evans, and 112, uh, right around uh, the death of Biggie. And uh, this is it. I actually had the when I was 21, but it was Bills, Bills, Bills by Destiny's Child, and I thought, now let's go for a different year. <laughs> Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Living your life after death.